do you, Rita Perry, have any intentions of breaking any laws ever? Uh, I... Oh my God. No, it's not that simple. I have a life now. I have a major and... Get out, please. I have highlighters. Get out! <laughs> Good morning, morning Greendale. Greendale. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And these are your morning announcements. Today, we're talking about Community Season 3, Episode 2, Geography of Global Conflict. Well, we are no- we are continuing to be back, which is great. Uh, we can't just be like, we're back. We we went away because you heard us last week and we're probably around the same level. But you know what it is time for? It is time for that good, good shuffle. It is time for outsourcing Mike's bits. Wow! This so this week we're we're just not even like usually we got a little preamble. I don't and have today one. You're just I, into it. I used it all up in our Patreon pre bonus. If you want to <laughs> hear me just get excited about Nickelodeon guts, just go listen to that. I suppose. Um, but let's get that good, good shuffle. Let's see if it'll come through. Like it, it seemed pretty good on the recording last week. Oh, yeah, I'm running out of cards on the shuffle. <laughs> All right, it's let's see so what's on It's not so much a top. good, good shuffle anymore. It's more like three cards slapping together. <laughs> that shouldn't be that funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you could have anything named after you, what would you want it to be? If you could have anything named after you, what would you want it to be? That's actually a pretty decent question. Not a what the heck question, but it's a decent question, I think. My original like you you said the question and my an immediate gut reaction was disease and i'm like oh no wait that probably oh, no, means ben. i died of it <laughs> yeah like no one wants mooney mooney's uh mood <laughs> i figured uh, it cool, has to be alliterative the the cool thing about uh if they did name a disease after me uh people would be like Oh man, I just I just got back from the doctor and the news the news wasn't good. I've got Mooney disease. And then no you can't the person you're talking to is just going to start laughing. Mooney disease? It's true. It sounds made up by like an uh like somebody that really enjoys horoscopes. I have the disease um, of the moon. It's true. It does sound like sort of lunacy 2.0. Um, mm-hmm. uh, how about they just name lunacy 2.0 after me? I mean, we're going around in circles a little bit now. Uh, you know, instead of being a lunatic, you could be a moonatic. <laughs> that's what, that's what the fans, that's what my fans call themselves. They're moonatics. <laughs> You're killing me with these jokes. <laughs> um, uh, had a coughing fit in the middle of that know, one. Uh, Purd Happily has Purdverts. Um, I've got yep. my Moonatics. Mm-hmm. Okay, better question than your stupid <laughs> Poddex question. What would fans of you call themselves? Because I'm I've got Moonatics. <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> you sure do. Yep. <laughs> I can't wait for hashtag Moonatic to start trending on Twitter. Um, boy, I don't I don't think I have anything like Mike Sickles. 
Because then they're like bicycles. Okay. I mean, I, I, you, you put me on the spot. I was only expecting to discuss about having things named after me and not a fan oh, club gee, name. My, my name is Mike, and I put Ben on the spot every week with these stupid cards. Look, <laughs> but he put we, me on the spot one time, and agreed, I'm crumpling both, under the pressure. We both agreed <laughs> to the cards when I bought the hold, cards. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. That That is a dirty lie, my friend. You it bought is an these absolute cards. dirty lie, yes. <laughs> You bought these cards without my knowledge. <laughs> and then I sprung them on you like I usually do to all the questions I ask. Um, that, you there caught was no me in a dirty lie that I wasn't even trying to not lie. I was like, no, I'm going to lie here. And just He'll call me on it. It'll be fine. Fair. Um, okay. So, uh, uh, do we... <laughs> okay. Okay. Two part question. One, what okay. would you, what, what would you want named after you? Um, mine, uh, would be, so I actually, oh, it's not named it from after, lunatics? no, no, no. Cause I, you were complaining that I wasn't answering your card. Well, that was lunacy 2.0, right? Moonity Moonity 2.0. I thought that's what we went with. I, 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 my, my answer would be, um, uh, that it's not even named after me, but there is a town in Australia called Mooney Mooney. And I always, I've wanted to go there since I discovered it. Because, like, I want to be a Mooney in Mooney Mooney, and I can fly in a plane that is also a Mooney, because Mooney is a, an aircraft company. Sure. So I can, I can fly a Mooney to Mooney Mooney, and my name's Mooney. I've said it every so many t- times, it's lost every, all meaning. Every time but, you say Mooney uh, Mooney. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. And that's why I have Moonatics. Go. Two-part question. <laughs> what would you want named after you that's your stupid card asking that question yep. and then what would your fans call themselves my okay. awesome amazing question uh you know what your question is better than most of the questions i've given to you in this both both of the podcasts we've done thus far and probably in perpetuity because we are not planning on on burning out we are planning on fading away <laughs> um <laughs> Let's. Go, I would probably say like I. I will. So like how you have a town named after somebody that was probably similarly named. I have uh, my my father's. I don't have my father's last name, but my father's last name is a road in uh, Fairbanks, Alaska, where my my family grew up. That's pretty good. Um, and there's okay. a lot of roads mm-hmm. in Alaska that just aren't need to be claimed. Um, there's, I mean, there's mm-hmm, not a lot mm-hmm. of roads in Alaska, but they're there. People are moving to Anchorage. People want to go to Anchorage. People want to be Alaskans. And I'd love, I love it for them. It's a great look. Um, just be ready for how cold it and sad it gets in the winter, but that's a different discussion. So a road in Alaska seems pretty good for me. Alternatively, okay. uh, if I ever become rich, I would want to buy, uh, naming rights or something on some kind of athletic, uh, a building. So, or, or possibly a computer science building at my alma mater, you know, Snyder hall sounds like it's got a real good ring on it. Uh, there was a, uh, Snyder hall spelled not like your name. Mm, uh, the incorrect a, way a, I like to call it, uh, re- a dorm at my, uh, college. So there you go. I, I just, there are not two named ways. after you spelled there wrong. Are, there are two ways to spell a Snyder with six letters. There's the right way and the pretzel way. That's all I'm saying. This was the pretzel way. So, and it's the wrong way, clearly, because the other one's named the right way. I don't make the <laughs> rules here. Uh huh. 
Uh, second, what would your fans call themselves? Uh, like, like I've Mooniacs. come up with it. It's it. Mm-hmm. Does it have to be a pun or on Moonatics? Moonatics. That was it. Does it have to be a pun on my name? Um, I mean, it doesn't necessarily, but I mean, like, they have Great. to identify themselves to other people who are not fans of you and be like, oh, I am a blank because I think he's so funny and handsome and all around cool dude. Okay, I've got it. I'm an anti pretzel. <laughs> okay, that just sounds like they hate pretzels, but okay. Hey, man. <laughs> Sometimes you cut when, when, when the fire strikes, you gotta just go with it. Um, cool. Let's get into talking about geography of global conflict. Season three, episode two, geography of global conflict. We start out in Polisci uh, with um, Martin Starr. I love Martin Starr because anytime I, I wrote him down as a natural treasure, he was of Freaks and Geeks and Silicon Valley, and. Uh-huh. Uh, and party down. I I left that and, one for uh, you, my friend. I love him because anytime you need a nerd, uh, you just oh he's so you, good at you it. call him you call him down because like he I mean he wasn't he was one of the geeks on Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a, a huge geek on Party Down. Mm-hmm. He has a bunch of guest roles as like he he works at the Snow Globe Museum in an episode of Parks and Rec, and he's. A uh, poli sci professor at Greendale in this episode. Uh, his last and name is Cligoris or Cligoris. Either pronunciation is fine. I do love how we don't find out his name until about halfway through the episode. Mm-hmm. But if you have subtitles on, it just calls him Cligoris straight up. And you're just like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you didn't know that was his name, and you're like, like, what is this? What are his the name is calling him. His name is Cligoris? What? Um, so I, I, I enjoyed that. Um, he is talking about FDR and polio and that leads mm-hmm. to the Yalta conference. Mm-hmm. He, he is, uh, you, uh, in a wheelchair discussing FDR and then promptly gets up and says, and that leads us to the Yalta conference. And then he asks a question and calls on Annie. Oh, not our Annie, Annie Kim. And that kind of sparks a little bit of jealousy. It does, because not only is it another Annie, but it's another smart Annie. Mm-hmm. And very, being, being very similarly smart, as well. Being the smart overachiever is what Annie has, and this is a different smart overachieving mm-hmm. Annie. It's like if some slacking slacker podcast host was trying to come for my spot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no one's ever going to do that, because you, you and I have to do this together forever. Uh-huh. Um, well, I mean, unless, unless uh, you get divorced, in which case, famously, your wife gets the podcast in the divorce. That is true. Uh, something she has decided is a <laughs> detriment to her divorcing me. So I appreciate that. Uh-huh. She, she was, because we, we, were, we, we were hanging out, because we're all, we're all vaccinated. Like, we got to hang out we can and hang see out each other. It was really cool. But we were all hanging out. And uh, we, I, I brought it up and then she was all on board. And then she was like, wait, does that mean I have to do the podcast? And I'm like, yeah, that's what it meant the whole time. And she's like, no. <laughs> so she I'm doesn't really do want to that. do. She doesn't really want to do this podcast, um, which is fine. Um, <laughs> but hey, it means that that's just one more thing that she you, she's got to she's got to keep you around because so- uh, <laughs> 
it, it's a pros and cons list, and we've added a con to it. <laughs> of, uh, uh-huh. If I if I divorce him, I get this and this and this, but I do have to do the podcast, and I don't really want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be really interesting to pull someone in into season three of Community and be like, you haven't watched any of this. Now you're doing a podcast about it. And almost forbid them from being like, you can't go back and watch any of it. Uh-huh. You're, you're going in blind. You, you just got to watch it. Uh, and then Good talk luck about figuring it. out who all the characters are. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Britta is getting all serious about school because she's she picked a degree. Mm-hmm. She's got a, a backpack and pads of paper and one of those yellow see-through pens where you can color in the words. Yeah, highlighter. Yep, I'm getting serious. I got a backpack, I got a new notebook. Oh, I got one of those see-through yellow pens so I can do that thing where you color in the words. I liked probably the backpack. An amazing joke. Like, yeah, it I is didn't such set you up for the joke very well, but yeah, it's it very is, good. It is such a not community joke. Like, community jokes tend to be very heady and referential and mm-hmm. like, but this is just... Uh, this is like a joke that my dad would tell, like, yeah. And I, I appreciate that little moment of just like probably the backpack. Cause like, it is such a, a small like, moment. It's it a throwaway moment. Even, yeah. D- and it doesn't cross her mind that she's telling a joke. Um, there, there's a lot of these jokes in this episode that are just like small throwaway things that are just incredible to me. This is one of them. Someone in the hall hands Britta a flyer about, uh, three people who have been arrested in Syria for mm-hmm. uh, protesting something. And Britta realizes she knows one of the people who was arrested. And this sends Britta into a weird shame spiral of mm-hmm. like, we used to protest together. I haven't been arrested in like so long. Like, what am mm-hmm. I even doing? What are what my values? Yeah, uh, we we go see Chang, who has just gotten his first police flashlight and is looking forward to getting some brains on it. Um, And then he starts harassing students walking into the library and Sergeant Nunez is like, who the hell do you think you are? Chang's like, the badge says serve and protect. And Nunez is like, no, it doesn't. Read it. And it says, how's my smile? Which is another small thing that I just adore out of this episode uh yeah spoilers for grades i guess but this episode's great Um, oh it's so wonderful (laughs) so chang gets put in charge of keeping students from banging their knees on a garbage can that is kind of in the way of the path into and out of Mm -hmm. the, the school and uh chang is like okay but what do i do if i see a real crime it says do what any security guard does Call a cop. Uh, he then takes Chang's handcuff and Chang's like, I swear they're just for sex. <laughs> like some of these small, like like I said earlier, like the, the small throwaway things that are just the mm-hmm. funny part. Yeah, like I love I love this because this is all just pre-credits. And then yeah. like, <laughs> like it's setting up all the all three plot lines. Well, Britta's and Chang's are kind of one plot line, but it's setting up it's setting up the plot lines, and I'm already in love with all of these plot lines. There's absolutely you, you're gonna get some good stuff here in this episode, and you know it. If this is what they're trotting out before the credits, oh boy, oh boy. Uh in the study room, 
Annie shows up with Annie Kim, uh, and she introduces uh, her to the study group. And um, our Annie is uh, is is very clearly jealous about uh, oh, yeah, basically absolutely. everything Annie Kim says. Yes, absolutely, quite absolutely. And this spurs Annie to blurt out, "Well, I'm thinking of starting a model UN here at Greendale." It's it's very clear that she is uh, she's not doing so good. Right. There's a feeling of inadequacy. Uh, Annie Kim's like, oh, I think I'll be too busy uh, and then heads out. Everyone then starts suggesting to Annie that Annie Kim is the evil Annie. And Annie's like, but we're friends. And then Troy and Abed are like, you look pretty competitive with each other. Yeah, it's obvious to everybody except for Annie. Um, and, uh, Jeff does, I I honestly think it is, Annie knows exactly what's going on. She's just trying to hide it. I mean, I, I think it's one of those things where it's like, you are kind of trying to fool yourself. I don't think it's that she's trying to hide it. I think she's trying to lie to herself. Ah, that's because I do think, I do think deep down she knows it, but right. Based on everything we've seen of Annie up to this point, um, I don't think she's saying these things to save face. I think she's saying it because she wants it to be true. Because that's accurate. Yeah, that's fair. Having to compete with another Annie, first of all, it's going to be difficult. Um, B, it it makes her less special. Mm-hmm. Um, and late, like later on, she even points out she's kind of just in it for the gold stars. Um, <laughs> it's true and so i i do i do think that while deep down she knows that she is like super competitive it is one of those things where she is absolutely lying to herself that's a good point she she believes what she says even if she doesn't feel it deep down so i i think we've all been there of telling ourselves lies that we are trying to make true um Anyway, Jeff is also on board saying Annie Kim is Annie Light. Um, we get a whole lot of other Annies going on. So, um, But meanwhile, Britta thinks that this is the right time to start discussing the rainforest and quote, how fascist oligarchies are raping them to make hamburgers. And tells look everyone, it up. Yeah, and tells everyone to look it up. Uh, the, the best phrase to throw around really nowadays anywhere um uh-huh. uh, i don't think <clears throat> britta has got her own thing going on uh and shirley's just telling everybody that she's just having a hard time with that her friend is in prison and britta laments how long how long it's been since she's been tear gassed uh-huh she could just come to portland <clears throat> last summer and it would have uh, been would have been just fine you're suggesting um, that britta <laughs> if britta were real she wouldn't already be here uh well i mean she would be here but complain about how it's not as cool as new york um that's possible or she would be uh a fake uh like she would try to be a fake portland native and be like oh it was it was cooler in 1995 Uh uh-huh yep yeah one of those two Mm -hmm. they're like but you you found a new path and she's like maybe i don't want a new path Maybe, you know, and she goes on this. I didn't write down any of this rant because she 
rants for quite a bit. Yeah. Goody, a new path. Is it lined with credit cards and flat screen TVs? Does it go by an Ikea? Maybe I don't want a new path. Or any path. Maybe my path is a war path that leads to the Terror Dome and words. And she also decides to reference a slur in it. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. hey, don't yeah. do that. Okay, maybe I went too far. Maybe I don't want to offend my African-American friends. If if you if you are already uh, uh, just abbreviating it down to N-word, you already know you need to not. And she yeah. does. She does and anyways. You use it. I mean, she doesn't use the full one, but you shouldn't use the abbreviation either. You should just not use it. It's it's not a good idea. Especially, yeah. Uh, it's just it's but like but Gillian Jacobs does a good job on this rant is it's a very good uh, it's a very good Britta rant. Yes, um, she does immediately realize she overstepped uh, and starts trying to apologize. But it to me, it you know, it's like she kind of. It feels like it's a roller coaster, certainly. And you feel like you're going up off the thing. And then you're like, oh, I'm going, I got to go back up a little bit. And then she goes, finishes it. Well, she, she apologizes in a sort of like, I'm sorry I went there, but it's only because I'm hyped up because I'm raging against the machine. And then at that point, she gets up and walks out and she runs into Chang, who is uh, just being like, Hey, student, watch watch it. Watch out for the trash can. Mm. Britta walks by and, and Chang is like, hey, watch it, student. And this sets Britta off and they she turns around and then we get the refrain of this episode, which is, of course, Lionel Richie's hello. Just, um, just an incredible choice. Just tremendous. It is perfect because... It, uh, I just, I don't even have words for it. it is the perfect choice because it, it, it just, it fits the, every time it plays, it's like, this is the perfect thing for it to be playing right now. Every time. So Sarah will occasionally sit down and watch community with me while I'm, I'm taking notes for the, the podcast. And it's been a while since she has seen an episode. So it's all getting weirder and weirder and um <laughs> community so there are, it's all getting weirder of, and weirder there are a lot of references that she just does not get because uh you know it, it relies on on having been watching the show for a bit sure. um and other shows and all sorts of meta nonsense so for a lot of a lot of the episodes when she watches it she she's mostly pretty silent but uh every time hello came up uh, in this episode, she started laughing because it was it was just so perfect. It is just so perfect. While Hello is playing, uh, she kicks the trash can, tries not to get over. It it does it wobbles a little bit. Um, it's just not hard enough to cause any damage or even knock it over. But she and Chang exchange some words because he's like, "You just got yourself a warning," and she's like, "I piss warnings, pig." And like this, this interaction, he also writes warning on a piece of paper, hands it to her and she tries to eat it before realizing she can't and spits it in to the trash can. She kicked. It's uh -huh. so wonderful. And I, I love, I love this. Like there are so many good episodes of community and there are so many just over the top gags, 
But this one with Britta and Chang is one of my all-time favorites because it is just two very damaged people looking for recognition. I mean, they're not even, they're not accomplishing anything. Right. They want the slightest bit of recognition that says, hey, hey, you might have just maybe perhaps accomplish something and i'm taking note and they both get that in this moment which is of course why the soundtrack is what it is and the cinematography is what it is this could only ever happen between britta and chang yes and the, there's the no fact, other the characters fact that it plays that out like this it, it's one of my all-time favorite community uh, moments like it's so good. It's it's almost like they're playing a reverse romance angle with each other. It's very funny. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely played off that way between the soundtrack and later on when, like, um, it's the last time it happens. But we're jumping ahead a bit. But when she gets tased and Chang literally carries oh, her yes. out and she's just like, I knew you'd come. Like, it's like this super <laughs> romantic moment. Except for the fact where she is wearing a suit made out of dolls and he just tased her yes. at a, at a know, model UN event. I don't see anything wrong with this being a classic romance. romance. Classic romance. Speaking of that model UN, uh, Annie finds a flyer for, for Annie Kim's model UN and is pretty upset that her idea was taken and then takes it to the cafeteria and is you know, he, she tells a group and then she's, uh, he, she does my favorite gag in the episode where she's moving her straw up and down in her cup and Troy just kind of comes in, grabs it, <laughs> takes off the lid and puts it back. Uh-huh. Just, just to make it too much noise. Way too much noise. But you know, she's frustrated. <laughs> she's fidgeting. She's, uh, as I, uh, notated it in my notes, uh, she's jerking off the cup and it is, <laughs> uh, it is a very it's a very squeaky sort of sort of thing i sure. used to always uh i used to always make that noise with like straws and and whatnot when i was a kid and my mom hated it and i always sure. got yelled oh, at course. for it so yeah i i feel like know. that's a that's a pretty good but uh I noise to make as a kid right and i didn't have the excuse that uh annie kim stole my idea for model un because that implies i had cup any extracurricular activities whatsoever rather than coming straight home from school and playing Nintendo, which is what right. I actually did. Annie Kim stole your Battletoads. <laughs> I still have my copy of Battletoads, dude. I'm Annie Kim can't take that. She can't take that away from me. <laughs> You've got it locked up. Annie Kim can't get in that safe. Unless. Unless. And then, like, it cuts to a whole montage of, like, Ocean's Eleven style. Annie Kim is the George Clooney uh, in this. And she's like, uh, we got to get that Battletoads. And then, like, Vicky is Brad Pitt uh, in this. Of course. I can think of no better better (laughs) casting here. And they're, they're just, like... Coming up with a with a whole team to to break into my house and steal battle toads from me. <laughs> yes, indeed. I love I love how <laughs> the podcast now has cut to montage in it, as if we we point out all the montages and all the shows we watch. Uh, Annie is upset that she won't be the one to take Greentail to the national U- model UN and meet Kofi Annan. I mean, as we all uh, un- unfortunately. Uh, he is no longer with us, but, you know, who wouldn't have wanted to meet him? Annie's very upset about Annie, Kin, Annie <laughs> Kim's 
uh, decision to make this model UN. Mm-hmm. So Jeff and Annie burst into the poli sci classroom where Professor Cligoris, uh, where we finally find out his name. Mm-hmm. It's in such a wonderful, uh, he, he, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff as Cligoris, Cligoris and, and professors like, ah, either pronunciation is fine. Uh, so, uh, yes, they, they're talking about the model UN and whatnot. And, uh, Jeff is like, Annie Kim stole our Annie's idea for the model. That was her, right? She invented it. And then, uh, Professor Cligoris has the, uh, picture in a locket of the guy who invented model mm-hmm. UN. Clark M. Eichelberger. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked it up. That's actually true. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> like they went for it. This one. I really, I really enjoyed doing that piece of information because it did feel very specific. It was like, did they create a just a wild name or are they right? They were right. It's also the kind of name that sounds like a guy who created Model UN. Absolutely. So it like, does, it definitely it, could have just been like the writers are like, I don't know, what's the most Model UN name that we can think of, and then they they spat that one out and they're like perfect sounds great uh so that's cool to know that that is actually the guy who created the model un mm-hmm. it's cool. it's still just wild to me how also they he actually... has a he has the picture of him in a locket which is i'm pretty sure that's the right picture too i didn't i couldn't get a good look on it but <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's <laughs> i feel i'm so proud of like the writer's room for getting that one right and everybody like okay we're gonna do this because you so, know that means that somebody in the writers' room was probably, "Hey, I did a model you in once. There's some funny things to be done there." <laughs> I mean, I have to imagine that every writing team for any sort of sitcom with nerdy sort of references, one person on that has to have been in the model UN. That's f- I, <laughs> I think I think that's probably it's not it's not like law, but it's sort of like an unspoken like. So Annie decides that she's going to start her own model UN. But we find out from Professor Cligoris that uh, that's weird. I didn't I didn't contemplate when we started this podcast how many times I was going to have to say Professor Cligoris. He's not given a canonical first name. (laughs) It's true. He's not. he says that there can only be one official model UN for the school. So there's only one way to settle this. A UN battle royale, uh, which I'll, I'll have to spend all night coming up with the rules for. And he looks very excited that that is his night now. He is pleased as punch. Uh, the competition uh, will be tomorrow in the cafeteria. And as Jeff and Annie leave, they awkwardly clarify that they're friends before Jeff gives Annie a nookie kind of awkwardly as well. Yeah, they they do sort of decide to shoo in a little bit of the Jeff Annie dynamic of like trying to figure out what their relationship is or is not, um, which does get like they 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 bring it up now so that they can actually have a good conversation about it later. But here mm-hmm. in this moment, it feels a little bit forced. Uh huh. It also feels very cringy. <laughs> Uh-huh. Because it's very cringy. <laughs> Fair. 
Also, I can't decide if Professor Kligaris is someone who would either be fun to play Dungeons and Dragons with or a nightmare to play Dungeons and Dragons with. I could go either way on that one. I'm thinking he would be min-maxi. I mean, I think well, so, but I mean, okay. So he's he's okay. definitely let let's talk this out. So he's definitely into rules. So he is going to be Absolutely is. He he is going to be uh very much into uh rules lawyering. There is that. He, and he is also very uh so not to spoil the entire episode but we're going to spoil the entire episode he does seem very um open to interesting interpretations and interesting actions right right so he's got that role because like a lot of min max types are just in it for combat right so they're just just in it in it to punch dudes i i'm a blob of stats and therefore uh i exist as as a blob of stats i punch things good but we know we we know clearly that he is into some some literally out of this world sort of thinking <laughs> um he 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 loves the the role play of model un because model un is not just about rules it is about role playing as though you are from georgia or sudan or china um mm, it's true so um i'm i think i'm gonna go i think i'm gonna go with he'd be pretty fun to play D D with he is gonna be a stickler for the rules uh so if you if you play a little rules light i do think you're gonna need to like you know be wary about that but mm-hmm. i think he'd be a, i think he'd be a cool guy to play D with i, I think do it'd be have a pretty a, fun game i do worry that he would come as clark m eichenberger um the creator <laughs> of the model un uh-huh. um, and that's that's a concern but you can work with that uh-huh um you know, I mean, you you got to start you got to start somewhere, right? When you're first playing D&D, like you don't come up with your best character like first time. You know, so if you, you if you, you know, want to base a character like... on Clark M. I can I can burger. Uh like okay, like I I get it. Like you got to start do somewhere. Feel, I do feel like if you said that to him, he would flip the table and walk out as if Clark M. I can burger who he, again, he has had in a locket around his neck. Uh-huh for years uh, is not the perfect character to play in D&D. I mean, yeah, but the There's alternative a lot going is on here. the alternative is you invite someone to play D&D, it's their first time playing D&D and they're like, "Yeah, my character is basically Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy 7, um except also exactly Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy 7, except for his sword is bigger. Give me the biggest sword that you have, bigger than that." I barely talk ever. My hair is so spiky that you could stab someone with it. Why do I even need a sword? Um, <laughs> my hair could do 1d4 damage. Yeah. So, you mean, like, I feel like a lot of people's first times playing D&D is sort of like that. So, you know, if Fair I have enough. to pick, if I have to pick between I base my character 98% on Cloud Strife versus I based my first my <laughs> character off of uh, uh what was his name clark m eichenberger yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna pick clark i'm gonna pick my good buddy clark there because like cloud strife he's been done nerds have been jerking <laughs> off been to that done. mofo for ages like <laughs> give, give me give me some clark m eichenberg uh role play uh ro- roll to create model un 
uh <laughs> take some advantage because you're clark m eichenberger so like is that a performance or what are we talking about i don't it's diplomacy it's okay because diplo- i do fe- mo- i do you, feel you, like model un's all about diplomacy i do feel like a DD game in which there is a model un is going into <laughs> what what is starting to be inception it's a it's a DD game we're in a model un we're in a DD game where your DD characters are playing a role-playing game about working in an office. Mm-hmm. Offices and bosses, of course. Uh, the next day at the UN off, uh, they are <laughs> they're getting prepared. Everyone has their own country. Mm-hmm. Troy is Georgia, uh, and he asks mm-hmm. if they can do accents uh, in a Georgian, the Southeast United States Georgian mm-hmm. accent. The state of Georgia. Is it okay if we do accents, sugar? Troy. Georgia, the country, not the state. That's right. Capital city, Tbilisi, and former member of the Soviet Union. And we kindly request y'all mind your P's and Q's. He's, he definitely is giving facts of the country of Georgia, but he is just all in on doing a state of Georgia accent. Mm-hmm. It's also very funny because I know that uh, Donald Glover grew up in Georgia, and that makes it even funnier to me. But I, I do love I do love Troy's insistence on doing that accent though it's it's so he holds good. on to it it's great the rules for the model UN off are the uh, the goal is uh, basically total world peace um, a good goal and so they have to work together to achieve that goal this goes into a whole thing where um, it doesn't start out as a montage but it's basically like. Garrett is there. He shouts crisis alert, um, mm-hmm. which I love uh, a lot, actually. So, crisis alert! Before we get into the actual thing, I do want to uh, point out that Kligoris does ask for questions, and Abed starts questioning whether it means uh, yes. two yes, different very Earths, or are they parallel Earths in different galaxies, or identical Earths in alternate dimensions? What does that say about free will? Um, so they are identical Earths in alternate dimensions, and that is yes. surprisingly Cl- going to be a very important point. Kligoris does m- make a point to answer Abed's question, whereas I feel like uh i feel like a lesser man would just be like shut up kid right you don't Um, you don't it's not how this works and he's mm -hmm. just like no it's the uh it's the alternate dimensions one but at at, at, when he's asked about free will clagora says okay ready set peace and fires a starter's pistol into the air to start the battle royale and then we get garrett shouting crisis alert which is uh great because you're gonna hear that a lot Oh man, um, would just it be too much? Crises. Would it be too much if I changed my text message alert to Garrett shouting crisis alert? You know how I'm going to send you, th- you so many texts. How much do you think Sarah would leave me for that? <laughs> she doesn't have the deterrent of having to join the podcast. So No, it's true. She doesn't have that additional con. So I think uh-huh. it's it's likely if you okay. do. Okay. Okay. The, there's a crisis. I don't remember what the crisis. It's a, a refugee crisis. Um, Civil war erupting in Ethiopia, and uh, they all uh, just uh, come I up with a plan. I see that I wrote down more details about the situation than you did. 
Uh, my notes are mostly just crisis alert over and over again. Um, That's fair. Like, I could just you see know, them in all caps. Just boop, boop, you boop, know boop, that boop. scene in The Shining where like all everything on the typewriter <laughs> is all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Imagine that, except it is um, a MacBook. Sure. And yeah, of course. You, op- you open it. it up. You open it up. Um, well, I mean, it's already open because it's it's password protected. Right. I'm no fool. If I closed it, you couldn't get in. So the MacBook's already up and, and it's on and it's got a word processor up and it's just mm-hmm. like crisis alert over and over and over again. Crisis <laughs> alert. Crisis <laughs> alert. Sure. Yeah. Just like and that. And then you're off in the corner just like there's a civil war in Ethiopia. Uh-huh. Just like that. So they work together to come up with a plan. And the thing, the thing that I love about the rules Professor uh, Cligoris has come up with for this. I, every time I keep having to say his name. Uh, <laughs> the good professor. We, <laughs> we could just say. The thing that I love about the rules that he has come up with is that since the goal is world peace, literally the way to win is to just agree with everybody all the time. Right. It does not seem like a particularly difficult contest because like because yes you need you need to propose how you are going to solve it i mean they do come up with a whole plan you know sudan's gonna take in the refugees um the the u.s is gonna send uh um you know a a peace corps sort of thing like the u.n peacekeeping force yeah they 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 come up with a whole plan so that part is necessary, but like in a real UN, it's like, okay, well, like we got a debate. We got to like, right. There's a lot of procedure. There's a lot of yeah. different competing we, aspects, but in this like tight format, you're like, yeah, sure. I'll give away my money. No problem. Right? Cause no like, country in the world would ever be like, yeah, I'll spend money on that. Cause like in the real UN or even in a, in a real model UN, not the model model UN that we're in now. Not, not the Battle Royale model UN, but the regular model UN. Regular model UN. You know, Sudan's going <laughs> to be like... too deep. I mean, if I... Yeah, then they're all just... They, they roll to like make printer, uh, copier prints and... and But it's your D&D game playing a, a normal game. Oh, right. I forgot about the fact that we were doing our like deep uh, D&D offices <laughs> and bosses. You said you're in, in. You said we're in too deep. So I was just... I went back to that. So... I, I, I was too deep away from that. And I was like, what is happening to me? <laughs> so... Uh, but yeah. So in like a, a real model UN, it's like, well, Sudan can take the referen- uh, refugees. But like, what do I get? Like... Right. You know, you're making deals like Sudan isn't just going to be like, oh, yeah, cool. I'll I'll take them in. No questions asked. Like, you know, Sudan wants a little something in return. Right. right. Like there's there's actual diplomacy involved rather than just, yeah, we'll take them here. It's like, yeah, this this works. And, you know, uh, we don't we're not giving up any sort of real resources or time or land or, you know, uh, so we just all agree with everything. And so. Right. Uh, the the blue team, which is our study group, minus Britta. <clears throat> we'll get back to that. Oh, that is a very important point. And the red UN, which is Annie Kim's team, uh, they both just keep winning each round. Uh, there's a tie every time because they all just have to agree. 
So we yeah. get this montage of like. To be fair, I will say Professor Cligoris only had an evening to figure it's true. out these rules. He did come up with he did come up with this in an evening. So uh, a, an enjoyable evening. <laughs> he seemed very enjoyed. Uh, we do get the montage of Garrett shouting "crisis alert," um, and then like you know they. Um, uh, oh, actually, before we get the montage, we do get cut to Britta in a cage. Mm. In the yeah. hallway, just outside of the model UN off. Uh, she's locked herself in a cage with a globe and is like, this is what the UN is doing to everybody's freedom. And lo and behold, her her uh, Chang uh, finds her and Briz like, are you going to lock me up? Which uh, is funny she's, also, she's already in a cage. She, yeah, she's also dumping red paint on the globe and smashing it with a hammer. And uh, we get we get the hello... Uh, by Lionel Richie again. Um, Chang drags the cage off. It's it's very good. It's now, wonderful. Now we get the crisis alert montage, which is just Garrett heads all over the place shouting crisis alert, uh, and then like various crises. Some... Crisis alert! A tsunami has hit Vietnam. Massive crisis alert! Seven hit Crisis alert! Tuberculosis outbreak! Crisis alert! Humanitarian aid. We further resolve disarmament treaties. To help women and children get Save the orphans. Loose nukes! Sinkhole! North Korea! Military coup! There are also, like, I believe that uh, Jeff tells uh, uh, Pierce not to call it you're a gay um, at one point. Yes. Um, um, so there are other other people's heads flying kind of almost in random directions. Right. Because, like, it, it's, you know, Garrett will say a crisis, and then someone will, like, suggest a thing, or Troy goes, backyard barbecues. Um, <laughs> so at the end of the montage, the blue UN, which is our UN, is very close to world peace. They are so close. But then somebody rips a big one. Just wildly bad. No one can focus on the UN. Uh, Troy does say it's almost a solid. Yeah, it's it's just uh, it's just a big old nasty fart. And um, meanwhile, in the security office, well, they they all blame Pierce because Pierce is old and sure. old people fart, I guess. In the security office. Uh, <laughs> Officer Nunez is like, so you arrested her for making a mess. And she's like, I did more than make a mess. I turned your whole world, I turned your whole system inside out. <laughs> and Nunez is like, you're as much of a criminal as this guy is a cop. None whatsoever. Or, I'm sorry, this idiot. He, he refers to Chang as. Ch- Chang is like, but she's she's gonna break some laws. And she's like, yeah. And that's when Officer Nunez is like, do you, Britta Perry, have any intention of breaking any laws ever? And then Chang and Britta share this look. And Where she, she doesn't just, want to admit that she's not go- She right? doesn't want to because she has a life now. Uh-huh. She, she's like, it's, it's not that simple. I have a life now highlighters and it's the the way because again like if you want to compare this to a romance which of course i do this is this is sort of like that like it's not that simple like i've got a husband or you know like you know but it's it's really city yeah it's really played in this like you know we we really want each other but it just can't work out 
Chang yells at her to get out, and Nunez is like, I know you have a lot on your mind right now, but I need you to fix the thing that comes down from the parking <laughs> booth. You know, the thing that keeps the cars in and not out, and it goes 90 degrees. And Chang's like, an arm? I do. Is, Nunez, just describing this, the, the arm of the, uh, like, dying uh-huh. laughing. Die is so good. It's really good. He, and it is it is so out of pace with the rest like it's it's funny in that like it is out of pace with the rest of the episode but the fact that it is so out of pace makes me wonder how much they were like we need to kill an extra like 30 seconds in this episode and then <laughs> it does he was feel just very like improved and then he's just like i got it okay i know you've got a lot in your mind right now somebody broke that thing that comes down from the parking booth you know uh, things that comes down keeps the cars from coming in the thing it's like a gate but it's just a stick comes down on a hinge keeps the cars out goes up and down 90 degrees the arm the the way that he's left to dangle trying to figure out the name for this thing (laughs) is so utterly relatable it hurts but it is so Uh funny and i do think you're probably either right that it was we need to kill 30 seconds or this improv take is just too good to to leave on the cutting room floor. It does it does feel pretty improv. Like I I would be a little bit surprised to find out that this scene was uh that scripted that his, and shot his and scripted. thing was scripted. <laughs> like because it it is it is it just goes on he's like oh yeah that the, th- the you know the parking thing like right. And it's, it's, it's really it's good. It's so good. Back at the UN Jeff is like the smell is still happening, by the way, for Pierce has forgotten what regular air smells like. And Jeff looks like he's going to try to get everyone back on board, but then he starts cracking jokes and Annie freaks out and throws a whole tantrum. Oh boy, it is a tantrum to the point where Jeff is like, you're acting like a little schoolgirl and not in a hot way, which he then later admits, okay, that made me sound creepy. Maybe a little bit. I do. I do like. There is a small detail that I don't want to let go here. Um, as uh, Annie is going on her her tantrum, she starts knocking things off the table. But Abed just kind of calmly grabs his Switzerland placard and saves it, so it's not thrown off the table. I just love that like one piece of character. Um, also, she does t- tell Annie Kim that she sucks and is a stupid, ugly poop face. If we were wondering what the tantrum is like, yeah, it's um. Uh, it's a it's a good uh, like last week I was praising Jim Rash for him him sort of freaking out. Uh, Allison Brie also does a very good job uh, mm-hmm. of it. So uh, she she definitely does a great job when it's like this person has been trying to keep it together, like very clearly trying to lie to themselves and finally accepting the truth, and like the whole persona gets ripped asunder and just like every every part of that childish like tantrum just flies out and you don't have any choice it's just going i i really appreciate that and then jeff is like okay that made me sound creepy but here's the thing and then he just turns and and walks out of the room um and he catches back up with i don't i don't know what he could possibly say to make that okay right he catches back up with annie in the study room um 
And she is like, if embarrassment was, were bountiful zinc deposits, I'd be Zambia. There's nothing to be Zambia about, Annie. Annie goes on this whole thing about how she she f- feels like she's a child. Um, and Jeff Jeff's actually like honest with her because he's like, look, I mean the the way that like the way through through weird creepiness uh, with someone is is you can treat them like a child because I can tell you how much you mean to me from a distance uh you know by by being like oh you'll get them next time champ like which you know i get it's it's a deflection right like sure i i've never uh done the like oh well i mean first of all uh that's a that's a big age gap um it's true so i've i've never had to be like oh you'll you'll get them next time tiger because you are 15 years younger than me or whatever yeah what is their age difference because he's like 30 something he's he's like my age now it would be like is that true yeah because there's a there's a no he's even a little older because there's an episode in season four uh where he has his 40th birthday so he's like 39 in this and Annie is like 20, 21. So. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's huh, a okay. there's a reason. There's a reason that they have this talk. And then he he puts his hand kind of on her chin. And there's a, a very uh, sexually charged moment. And they both go, oh, gross. Nope. Mm, nope. Yeah. Also, I felt gross. So as a viewer, I felt gross. Uh-huh. Sorry, I gave a um, thumbs up to the camera. I forgot. That's how I react in in uh, when I make a joke in Zoom, and I've just kind of started doing it in the podcast, which no one can see except for you, my friend Ben. They have this this gross moment, um, which I mean, you know, it's most of the moment is great because it is Jeff being honest with Annie about mm-hmm. how he feels about her, and some of that is a sort of inappropriate sexual sort of feeling which you know it's i i do think it's better to address that than to just be like uh yeah i'm just gonna pretend it doesn't exist like you know that's fair probably probably good to talk about it's still it's still really creepy that when it looks like they might kiss yeah uh they go they do go back to the group jeff following her from a respectable distance very important uh, in the important. cafeteria, the group is talking, and Annie starts to apologize to put for putting them through everything. And mm-hmm. she says, "I this probably won't solve everything, but I was the one who farted." And Jeff's like, "I can't let you fall on that sword. I was the one who farted." And then Pierce s- claims it as <laughs> part of this farticus, and then everyone in line continues it. And Jeff's like, "I wasn't. This wasn't going for the Spartacus reference." And Troy's like, "We all farted." And then the big yep. hug happens. And then... Uh, and really, I'm just glad you let me say Farticus. Everything looks like it's all over, though, because the, you know, they've... Annie already threw her tantrum, and, and that's not, you know, real UN stuff. But Abed figured out a way to still win. And he's like, it's simple. First, we 
and he just starts whispering. Mm-hmm. And, and Jeff's like, you can't just mumble nonsense. No one's going to be cutting away. And Abed's like, okay, here's my plan. And then it cuts away to Chang. Uh-huh. That was that was the other time uh in this episode that Sarah really just like let out a it's, big laugh because it is a great joke. It's, it's good. So good. I mean, like this this is a very Britta and Annie heavy episode, which we don't get as much of. So like sure. the little bits of Abed that we actually get in this episode, like there's there's not much, but like they're they're pretty golden. Yeah, they're potent. They're potent Abed sprinkles through this. Um, Chang is in the office looking at the arrest report he filed on Britta on, you know, notebook paper. I do have the list of crimes if you if you would like. I would love them. Uh, making a mess of school property. Causing a disturbance. Causing a disturbance at a school function. Using a deadly weapon. Destroying school property protesting on school property i have some some feelings about that but fine uh resisting arrest um i couldn't quite read this one but using profanity to an officer you know whatever and Mm -hmm. assaulting an officer those are her crimes and it's signed bin chang chang is uh feeling real sad about his prospects as a security guard and then that's when a brick flies through the window (laughs) And it's from Britta. It has a note about how she's going to disrupt the Model UN. It won't be completely illegal, but it will be of real concern to campus security. He's like, well, guess I should probably call the real cops, huh? And that's when Nunez tells a story about a protester back in the 80s. She ended up getting choked out by a real cop with with the cop's baton. After inciting a riot at the WTO. (laughs) He's like... Sometimes I wonder, you know, and then uh, Cheng runs off and (laughs) Nunez is like, aren't you forgetting something? And he holds up a freaking taser. Right. He also says to go, go show that hippie how the world really works, giving him a taser. It's very funny and very concerning. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, uh, to to quote, uh, to quote Sarah, who was watching this episode that escalated quickly. (laughs) 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 <laughs> it's true but we go back to the model un and uh the red un is about to win the battle royale when suddenly troy breaks through the model un flag of course breaking through the greendale anus uh-huh naturally annie our annie tells annie annie kim's un they use their large hadron collider and resources from every nation to construct a trans-dimensional gateway annie kim's like you can't do this and professor Kligoris is like the science checks out uh-huh this is why i feel like he'd be fun to play D with because like you know he he's like he's willing to suspend his disbelief to be like yeah i think that science checks out um he when might it be absolutely pain- does not in any way he might be a pain if you're like, and then a wormhole opens up in the space-time continuum because physics, he's going to be like, I want to see the science on that. That doesn't make any sense. Talk about the Large Hadron Collider, please. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, Earth-1 sends a message to Earth-2 uh, about how um, uh, they should form one United United Nations. Mm-hmm. and um annie kim is like well but here's the thing we're winning so if i reject your mm-hmm. um if i reject your proposal yeah i lose out on the the uh 
symbolic win, but I actually win. Right. So she also therefore says that I reject the proposal. She also says that their ultimatum is a technical act of aggression. Which and is such a, such a phrase. Um, so yes, Annie Kim does refuse, and Professor Kligordis calls it a logical, effective, common sense move that flies in the very face of the United Nations itself, as it was founded on the principles of high minded rhetoric and empty gestures, leading the uh, the group that we want to win to win. And that's when Britta runs in in a suit uh, with is just is a bunch of dolls glued to like a, lot a of leotard. Naked dolls, yes. It's it's yeah. concerning. And uh, I'm not sure what she's going for exactly. Um, there's some symbolism here that only she understands. I imagine uh, they're like dead babies that's being caused by the UN and rainforests and something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that's something. Kind of I, I mean, yeah. you're you're meeting her more than halfway, I would say. I am. I, but this <laughs> is when is fair. <laughs> this is when Chang shows up uh, and then we get the hello again. Um and he walks over and tases Britta and she passes out and he picks her up and walks her out. And that's that's when she's like, I knew you'd come. And then he's just like, you're so busted. And that's and where we she, end the episode on. She does spit in his face. <laughs> she does. She which which she A loves sp- and he loves because. Yeah. yeah. But They're that's, that's the where the episode ends. I, I do just really love just going for it on that spit. I just love it. It's it, it reminds me a little bit of the the spit in U, UHF where it just hits you right perfectly. And he's just like, ah, it's great. I still have not seen UHF. So we get to the tag. Our next Patreon bonus. <laughs> Poirot. Uh, I mean, we, we did make you watch uh, Titanic. Uh, with but the, the last podcast. The problem is so. no one is it's just going to be you and me. No one is going to be interested in watching UHF. Yeah, no one no one wants to get together and, and watch that. I have um, made Stacy attempt to watch UHF multiple times where she's fallen asleep in the middle of it. She's so not going to watch it. We got we cut to the tag uh which is Troy and Abed uh playing a game of Operation on Pierce where they are trying to remove his various belongings like his watch and his glasses uh without waking him up using nothing but uh, a pair of pencils Mm -hmm. they get his watch off he wakes up while they're trying to remove his glasses and then he's like i've told you you don't play your operation on me and then he says at least you didn't get my spare ribs i do i do love that he's like i'm not your damn board game Uh yes they didn't they didn't take his at least you didn't get my spare ribs and then he grabs a plate of spare ribs and starts eating it, but the angle on it, because he's holding himself up with one hand. Uh-huh. And so th- to film it so that you can actually see it, it's such the, it's a weird angle <laughs> on him. So like awkward. eating these spare ribs. It's like, so almost weird. Like he's like dangling it outside of his own reach yeah, yeah. kind of. So he's like, it's, it's, it's very similar energy to how Ben Chang <laughs> eats the gristle off a steak. It's very yeah, similar. It's like, just it's the weirdest way. Just gross. It's the weirdest way a person could eat spare ribs. Um, but Thank that goodness is, it was committed to film. Uh-huh. That is uh, the end of the episode. And that means that it is time for... Grades. I think it's not really a surprise that both... I mean, I'll speak for myself. I love this episode. It's very funny. I do appreciate the fact that, you know, we get some... We get a lot of Annie, we get a lot of Britta, and kind of, uh, unfortunately, it does sideline Shirley again uh, quite a bit. Um, 
but I do, I, I think all the jokes really work. All the pacing works. Sergeant Nunez just hits a home run when he's trying to describe an arm um, of, of a, of a gate. Just, just, <laughs> uh-huh. I'll keep coming back to that. And I think you're really right when you mention that Abed gets kind of sprinkled in and it's very, very effective. I think it's, it's just a really good episode of television. It's very fun. It's, it's playful. The stakes are kind of low because really it's a model UN and, you know, Brit is trying to get arrested by a security guard. You know, it's like super low stakes to this. So it's like just everything can be a little goofier and a little up. And, and I think that kind of like low stakes kind of narrow storytelling makes it very like heightens heightens it in a weird way of like this is the most important model UN battle royale ever i think it's really well made i think it's really well i th- i think it's just really well made and i really enjoy it i think i'm going to have to give it an a i i love it yeah i okay so we've got martin starr as a guest which yes. uh, like i said i i love him oh we're he's going so, down the so the, the bin checklist it's a very heavy Annie and Britta episode. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, most most episodes tend to be about or center on Jeff in some way um, or center on Troy and Abed in some way. I love when we when we do get to break out and get uh, get more Annie, get more Britta, mm-hmm. get more Shirley. Yep um even like even the occasional episode that is more about pierce like it's it's good good to have those sort of um you know refreshing like it's not the other three it's it's you know and especially not like we get some annie but sometimes it's it's centered around jeff anyway so right right um so yeah so I, i i love that the britta chang rivalry in this is legitimately one of my favorite moments in all of community just like just the way that they use hello as the soundtrack and just the just way the it's perfect. shot because like we said it is it is absolutely filmed like it is a romance uh story but it is the exact opposite <laughs> and it plays into uh it that that storyline plays into Britta's character so well about this you know very performative activism uh, that we've talked about before right. it plays into Annie's character as you know it's she overachieves because that's how she feels special so it's a great character piece for those two characters and then you get Garrett shouting crisis alert a whole lot like what's not to love about this episode it is so good it is an it is a very easy a um mm-hmm. I would even maybe say it's an a plus like in fact, I will. Yeah. I'll say it's an A plus because the the Britta Chang thing is it's perfect. It is perfect community doing what community does. It's so good. Um, and then all the other things like there are a lot of episodes we talk about where I'm like, oh, I love this part, but you know, whatever the rest of it. Everything else in this episode helps prop up those things that I love about the episode. Mm-hmm. It's great. I love it. It's an A plus episode. Fair enough. I'm, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give uh, a plus to Earth One. It's it's done it. It did it uh, because Earth Two Earth uh, community community got canceled in season one in Earth Two. Uh, believe it or not, can't I can't believe Earth Earth Two. 
Mm-hmm. Earth too screwed it up again. So, but so what you're telling know... me is that what you're telling me is that there is an Earth that the community got treated worse. Excellent. Yes, that's exactly what I said, and that is Earth too. <laughs> but we want to know what I'm you think about this one. episode, about Earth two, and how much they screwed up. Uh, we want to know about uh, where are my many... lunatics? Where where are where are my lunatics? Um, and where are my how many pretzels? How many times this week are you going to say Professor Cligoris? Because it's probably <laughs> not as many times as me. <laughs> if you were counting how many times we said it, please tweet at us. We want to know all these things and more. Whatever else we talked about, let us know. You can do that by sending us a tweet at Good Greendale on Twitter. You can go to goodmorninggreendale.com and find a contact form. It'll send us an email. Let us know what you think of this. Um, you can uh, always uh, write us a, a review on iTunes. We we don't uh, we don't ask for that very often, but you mm-hmm. know, writing a writing a review uh, helps other people find Absolutely. the thing, and maybe they'll be like, maybe maybe this is my kind of thing. Yep, either um, Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, we're both on those. So yeah, absolutely, if you want to send us a review, it does help with uh, helping people find the podcast. So they can be they can make the choice between lunatics and anti pretzels. It's it's not mutually exclusive, so that's Ooh. the good news. I did not realize it was not me. <laughs> I thought you had to choose. I thought this was a battle, but you're right. We're we we are like the UN. We work together. To solve the problem that right. is this podcast. It's not, it's not mutually, mutually exclusive because I can be uh, uh, I can be a, a fan of multiple people. That's And that is why I myself am an anti-pretzel lunatic. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> great. Now I have to subtitle this episode anti-pretzel lunatic and it's going to make no sense to anybody. <laughs> We're also on Patreon. If you want to support the show, that's ba- uh, patreon.com slash back to Futurama. We've got some bonus stuff there. We do live episodes once a month. Uh, so we'll be uh, doing it time. soon. We do want to thank you for coming to the end of these. I know we just, uh, you know, suggested our Patreon, but I know that, you know, times are still tough. We, we love you for coming to the end of these. Uh, so don't feel like you have to. Uh, we're going to keep doing it. Because we honestly, because we make each other laugh. Um, and, it's true. <laughs> and we have a good time. But but we love the fact that you want to listen to us, have a good time and be part of that. So thank you so much for coming to the end of these. Until next time, when we talk about another episode of Community. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? I'm Ben. I am your anti-pretzel, Mike. <laughs> I don't know why I went into Wait, NPR. Wait, so you're voice, a fan of yourself? <laughs> oh, baby, you know it. <laughs> I'm the leader of the anti-pretzel brigade. Oh, okay. Um, I'm getting some some major Doughboys vibes from this. But I that's am fine. getting a lot of Doughboys. <laughs> I, I wish, wish you, you luck. luck. <laughs>